In the late 1980s and into the 90s, a strange phenomenon spread all over the sports world. And it still even persists today. And many of you have likely seen this if you watch sports on TV. This being fans in the stands bringing signs with a simple Bible verse. The signs simply say John 3.16. It seems you could not watch a football game or a baseball game without seeing this quote for a while. It was kind of weird seeing this Bible quote in an NFL game. It served its purpose to point people to the gospel. And to remind the people who read this message of God's great love that led to him sending his only begotten son to the world. This, after all, was the purpose of showing that quote in the stands. And it all started with one man who saw rough times growing up. This man would sometimes wear a rainbow wig, was named Roland Stewart. He would travel across the country to be seen on broadcast across the world for all at home to see. He would grab attention with this wig and his Bible verse. And it all started after attending the 1979 Super Bowl in Miami, where he returned to his hotel and turned on the TV and saw a Christian show. It was then that he realized what he could do with being able to be on TV as he already has been. It was then that he realized he could go on sports broadcast and point people, introduce people to the gospel and to Jesus Christ. So he put on a Jesus saves he put jesus saves on the front of a teacher t-shirt and john three sixteen on the back and it was a perfect way to deliver his message of that gospel and he would keep this up for a few years going on and going to an average of two sporting events per week traveling across the country making his way in front of the cameras to deliver his message while he fell away doing this more and more people began to bring the message of God's love to the masses. What happened was it introduced this gospel passage to many and made it one of the most recognizable passages in the scripture. Bringing this message of God's redemption in the way Roland and many others who followed him has introduced many to God. It introduced many to the gospel, helped people open up their Bibles and find out what does John 3.16 say? And they discovered God's redemptive love. But it's also a reminder that we too can find God's redemption. That it is not hidden, that it is lifted up for all of us to see that Christ's love is lifted before us. And that his redemption is everlasting. But it's also a reminder that we too can find small ways to lift up that message of God's redeeming love. What Roland did was, an easy, was find an easy way to lift up the message of God's redeeming love for all of us. Although it probably cost him a lot in travel and expenses. 
But the message was easy. Perhaps we too can find ways to lift up that message. Lift up the love that that Christ proclaimed on the cross. And in our gospel reading, we heard that message of God's love. The same message that was shared in stadiums and arenas across the country. We also heard what the cost of that love was. What it cost Christ and what it cost us to experience it. The discourse before our reading leads into the words Jesus spoke in what we heard this morning. And that subject was new birth. John opened chapter 3 with a Pharisee named Nicodemus who came to Jesus at night. Now this man would have been well versed in Jewish teachings of the time and could have understood what Jesus was trying to say, but he did not. Now we're not sure why Nicodemus came at night. Perhaps he wanted to avoid being seen approaching Jesus. Or perhaps just that's the time he found to go approach Jesus and ask him the question. But he asked, how can anyone be born again after growing old? The problem with Nicodemus was he was thinking of birth in the literal sense. As coming out of the womb once again. But that is not what Jesus was talking about. He could not understand the double meaning of being born Jesus was talking about being born in water and the spirit, a reference to our baptisms. Jesus points out his misunderstandings and then tells how he won't be able to, if he won't be able to understand heavenly or earthly things, he cannot understand heavenly things. He then tells that nobody has ascended to heaven except for Jesus, but he must go through something first. And this brings us to what we heard this morning. And this, Jesus is saying what his throne will look like. Now, the other Gospels link Jesus' attainment to his throne to the ascension. John is linking it to the cross. Jesus first connects the hearers to Moses and what we heard in our numbers reading. He reminds them of Moses lifting up the snake. And this image of Moses lifting up the snake in that time was a well-known symbol of God's provision of life for his people. In the same manner, the Son of Man was lifted up for the people. This is a connection of the life given to the people by lifting up the snake and connecting it to the life attained on the cross. It is also the cross where Jesus assumes his throne. It was at that point when the Son of Man was lifted above the people on the cross that he took on the death for the people, giving those who believed in him eternal life. It's also the cross lifted high up that we see the love of God through Jesus Christ's sacrifice. This love was why God did this. This love that surpasses all understanding, that led God to give his only begotten son to be lifted up on the cross, 
to die for our sins and then to rise again so we may one day too receive the same eternal life. And this is what we heard in that famous 16th verse of John's third chapter. That God loved the world so much that He sent His only begotten Son to the world so that all who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. This perfectly expresses three truths. The universal character of God's love, its sacrificial nature, and its eternal purpose. In these first few verses, we hear that God's love is available for all. Not just the select few, not just the followers of Jesus in that moment, but all the whole world. All who hear the truth and believe it will receive this eternal life. We also hear that this sacrificial love is not hidden. It is lifted high for the world to see. Jesus continued that because of this love, he came to save the world. Not condemn the world. That those who believe in his words are saved. Yet those who rejected him, they are condemned. Now this was good news. For those held captive by Rome. They were in a state of condemnation already. So to hear that they will be freed from this condemnation would be a relief. And it is a relief for us as well. That sin can no longer condemn us. Because of Jesus being lifted high on the cross, exalted. We are saved from that sin that once condemned God's people. And the discourse then concludes quite like John's gospel began. That the light entered the world. This section is a callback to the, to the prologue where John set up who Christ was, the light of the world, coming into a darkened world. Yet some people would rather have lived in the darkness. Some could not see the light, even avoided the light. This is a reference to those who refused to hear his word, even those who could not understand and refused to listen. It is also referring to those who do evil as the light will expose the evil that they do. However, there are those who see the light, who experience the light, who walk in the light. Those are the ones who are saved. Those who have done good deeds in Christ's name. Those are the ones who allow the deeds that they have done to be seen. This is the gift of the light. That shines in the darkness. That exposes Christ to a world desperate to see Christ. This light shows Jesus in ourselves. This light shows the good news of Jesus' love and his salvation. When we walk in the light as children of God, Jesus' act on the cross can be seen for all. When we share his good news, the redemption of the cross is lifted high and his redemption is noticed. This is what was done with those John 3.16 signs. It lifted up God's love to, to people all over the nation. 
It exposed to many living in darkness the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this can be a message for us. To find ways to lift up the cross, so to speak. To lift up the message of Christ's salvation to a world living in darkness. To bring a light to this darkened world. To find ways to bring this message of redemption of the cross to the people who need to hear it. To lift up that cross, though. That allows others to see and accept God's salvation. We can do this by sharing the gospel. By sharing Christ in the world. By even telling others Christ, what Christ has done to us by sharing our relationship with Christ. Which for some of us Episcopalians, that's a big scary task. We could do it. When we live as children of the light, that light will be seen in us. When we serve Christ and others, that light is seen in us. When we act in love, that light is seen in us. The redeeming love of Christ will be revealed. Christ came to this world that we might be saved. Not just us, all of us, the whole world. God's salvation and love is available for all. Let us bring that message out to a world living in darkness. Let us find ways to bring that message of love to the masses. Let us lift high the cross. Let us lift high and show the love of Christ that was proclaimed on that cross. When we share the unhidden salvation of God, the light will shine in this world. So my friends, lift high the cross and the love of Christ will be proclaimed. Amen.